welcome Dr. Me first. It's your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman. And I am talking with an amazing orthodontist colleague today, Dr. Corinne Devon. She's going to tell us all about what it's like to be in the Navy and also a little other thing she dabbles in, which is being a beauty queen. It's absolutely amazing. But before we get into our conversation today, here's the word from our sponsor so I can pay some bills. In healthcare, there are some smart pieces of technology that businesses cannot live without. And Deputy has become one of those essential platforms for more than 250,000 workplaces. It helps medical practices schedule their staff more efficiently to meet peaks in patient demand. And it makes it easy to adjust schedules when the unexpected happens, like staff call out sick. You can use Deputy on any device on the go. Within a few minutes of picking it up, you'll see why hundreds of glowing reviews are coming from managers and staff alike. To find out more and to try Deputy for free, go to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash deputy, D-E-P-U-T-Y. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Corinne Devin. It's so great to have you here with me today, friend. Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be uh, coming to you from Japan, actually. I'm really glad we were able to connect. I know, from the future, like you said earlier. Well, yes, tell ma'am. the people out in podcasting world a little bit about yourself and the magic you're putting out into the world. Of course, I'd be delighted to. So I am a United States Naval officer, a commander in the United States Navy, and I am actually located at Marine Corps Air Station Iwakuni, Japan. I'm also a board-certified orthodontist, and when I am not galloping around with the Navy, which I love to do, but obviously this is my opinion, not theirs, I also get to be an international beauty queen. And yes, you can do it all, from combat boots to stilettos, and uh, in the meantime, uh, yeah, I get to take care of patients and also try to do some things to take care of myself, so happy to be here. Absolutely. And when you first emailed me and we connected on LinkedIn, I was like, holy shit, she definitely has to come on the podcast (laughs) and tell us all about the stuff. And the word we're going to focus on today for you is resilience. And I know you got a current story of resilience and also past story about it. So start us on that journey. Talk a, talk a little bit about your past journey of resilience and, and everything from professional to pageants. So I, if we start with professional, I never dreamed that I would be a dentist, let alone one at the Navy. And I had a lot of people along the way who told me I would never survive boot camp. I would never get into dental school. And being resilient and finding ways to do things differently was something that I really lived my life like to the point of, you know what, there is no path, so I'm going to leave a trail. And that is basically what I did from battling through test anxiety in dental school to getting a scholarship at the Navy to deploying with the Navy to Iraq and the Middle East, where my patients were Iraqi security force, where they're not used to women, let alone women in authority. And along that way, I was dared by a classmate to do pageants. He told me I couldn't do it, and I had to prove him wrong. And what started as just a way to uh, show some jerk that I could do whatever he told me I couldn't do, turned up to be a lifelong hobby that, gosh, I have to say, I've been now in 15 years, that's turned into several international, national, and state titles, and has been a great vehicle for me building host nation relationships with the United States military and my community. So it's definitely been a whirlwind 50 countries later now living overseas. I've been overseas for about eight years altogether. And uh, now in the pandemic, which in the Far East, we are definitely feeling it. But 
where we have to be resilient today is, you know, I not only as an American work on an American base, but I work with the Marines, which by the way, even the Marines of the Department of Navy, they don't like being told how to be a Marine. <laughs> and I also have the Secretary of the Navy, the President of the United States. These are all people that are bosses that pass, pass down instruction to me. Oh, and by the way, I'm in another country where they also have their own way of doing things. And I'm not sure if your audience knows, but Japan right now is off limits. The borders are pretty much closed unless you are a native citizen. You're on what's called a SOFA status, status of forces agreement that's military, or you're here for official business. So we still have to go through the quarantine, the lockdowns, uh, wear masks everywhere. But it is a very safe country. We just are hosting the Olympics right now, which is incredible. So I have to say, even the Japanese people are pretty resilient in this state of environment that we're in. Yeah, because unlike the U.S., you guys haven't gone off quarantine. You haven't gone off mask wearing. No, ma'am. Anything like no, that. No, the only time that I really get a chance to demask outside of my home is in my office when it's just me or outside on the base. But outside, I live out in the economy, so I don't live on base. I, I'm the only American in my building. I live So as soon as I leave, I need to be wearing a mask. And if I don't, I, and I catch myself like the other day, I my mask fell down. I was carrying boxes. I'm telling the Japanese people, goma no sai, which means in Japanese, I am sorry. It's a very respectful like that is, it's a very black and white culture, which in some ways is very great. But in some ways, gosh, I, I miss living in the US, especially for just some of the areas where I think we're a little bit more laid back on. And what do you think, like with the word resiliency, do you think that it's something that has always been a part of you or something that you have fostered along the way? I would definitely say that in some ways, I think it was part of me, but it was definitely something that grew a long way. So being raised in a military family where we moved every three or four years, I had to learn how to be resilient at a very young, young age, how to make friends, how to get settled, how to have a parent deploy. So my there was one time where my dad had left and we didn't know he was gone until I came home and my mom was crying. That was during Operation Desert Storm. So for us, it really wasn't a choice. It was more survival than anything as a, as a child in the military. And that's something that I definitely preach and speak to a lot of kids on base because I see how resilient they have to be, even when they, they don't feel like they have the strength to do so, even when they feel like they're at their wits end, because that is, that is the environment that they're in, especially the spouses, the men and women who stay behind to take care of the families. I think they are ultimately resilient because as a military member, our focus is on the mission. Our focus is our doing our job where sometimes we don't need to have the bandwidth to think about it versus if you're at home waiting for someone, or you're just trying to get through your day where you're having, now you're a single parent overnight, that is where you have to be resilient. And I'm not a single parent. I, I'm, I don't have any children, but it's just something I see with all the kids I do treat. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I think of the word resilience, it's like that bendability, that flexibility without breaking, without crumbling apart. And you're so right about that. And it's the same way being a female physician at home. Like when I'm at the office or I'm at the hospital, like I'm in the zone, like I'm I'm there. And so many times... It's thinking about all the other things and the people in my life who are flexing around me. You know what I mean? In addition to that. So talk a little bit about, I'd love to hear, because to me, I see like resiliency showing up, being a naval officer and being in pageants. Like, I feel like there has to be some like give and flex <laughs> there. There definitely is. So one thing that I learned very early on in my career is that you have to know instructions and guidance. So in the military, we have what's called the USMAJ. It's the United States Military Justice. And we have lawyers that are called JAGS. JAGS stands for Judge Advocate General. So I have learned to become very good friends. A lot of my, so my best friends are lawyers in the military. And where I have to be resilient is 
having awareness when instructions change. And it's not just, you know, rules that come down from the U.S. government, but rules from my base, rules from my boss. And sometimes in the military, because people can be a little power hungry, they will come up with their own rules until you actually call them out in a polite way and realize it's just their own biases. There is no rule for it, that they just maybe don't like what you're doing. My mom would say not very Christian-like or not very Girl Scout-like in their mind and their perception. So with pageantry, what I've done is that, you know, being a naval officer, just like for you being a physician or being being a doctor in the military, that's always my first priority, but it's finding ways where I can enhance it. Meaning, can I be a public speaker? Can I be a better leader from what I've learned from pageantry? And what pageantry has taught me is how to communicate in different environments to different people and still be effective, efficient, and compassionate when I deliver that message. And one way I've learned doing that is being confidently vulnerable. And that is, I believe, where resiliency comes through because you're sharing people stuff that you don't always share. You're opening yourself up but you also have to do so in a way of like, okay, whatever comes back onto me now, I, I got to be able to not let it break me down. I got to learn how to, you know, pick my bootstraps up and still be able to walk with my head high. And that's definitely where I've had some crossover between pageantry and being a naval officer. I love it. Because, you know, I could see being like physically vulnerable with your body in pageantry and, and your poise and showing it how that could be a very like vulnerable place for, like you mentioned, a very sometimes power hungry organization that you work inside of. Yes. And, you know, one thing is, I guess the physical part never really set for me was more the mental or the perception. One thing I always tell everyone that I work with in the military is I'm in better shape for a pageant than I am for any military physical fitness test because the regimen and the diet is 10 times harder. I mean, for the military, I do push-ups. I outplank anyone in my company. I do spinning because I messed up my knees from hiking. So now I cycle. And honestly, because there's not very many females in the military, let alone in my position, you have to be really good on your game. And sometimes it's being able to outdo what the 20-something year olds that I work with on a day-to-day basis that like, guess what? I can do it too. Or my teenage patients who think they know everything, I'll push at them and have their mom post it on social media just to let them know you know, they can't get away with it. So it's it, in some ways, it can be a lot of fun. But for me, um, being physically active is actually for me, a, an outlet a self care a way for me to take care of myself and release some of the uh, stresses of work. Yeah. And talk a little bit about how you have used your life experience and, and everything that you've been through as part of your speaking platform. So how that kind of happened was I was kind of, it was kind of fell into my lap, you could say. So when I was in Japan, the first time back in 2012, I just graduated from residency, my first time being an orthodontist. And I was approached by the speaker, the chairperson for STEM, it's science, technology, engineer, mathematics. And so they were hosting a conference for a thousand middle school girls. They were encouraging more girls to pursue science, math, different majors, engineering, things that would help them pursue different degrees in college. And they asked for me to come speak. Now, you want me to speak for 30 minutes to a bunch of middle school girls, compete with their friends, compete with their cell phones. I was a nervous wreck. But then I started thinking, okay, what was it like to be their age? I was teased. I was called four eyes. I did not look like the person that you see today. And so what I did is Whenever I speak, I try to find out who my audience is and what matters to them because that's the quickest way to get to their attention. And that's what I did is I shared with these girls different sides of me where I really showed vulnerability. And I had a picture in the background of me and a a Navy fatigue cami, the ones that we wear with the Marines, but said U.S. Navy. And I was in a white business suit. And then they got to see me 
plain doctor later on in my scrubs and a white coat. And for them, it, I really wanted them to see that they didn't have to be locked into a box. And so by doing that, I really enjoyed what the the look in some of these girls' eyes and how they felt and how they rushed the stage. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I really can make an impact doing this. How can I do this more? And so that kind of started my journey. And then when I was in Italy, my last previous tour, they actually had me speak to kids where in Italy, there was kind of a shift, especially in Sicily, of children feeling that they could only go into their family business to being something more in their life. And I wanted to show them that you you really are capable of anything. It, it's yourself that's holding you back. And so, yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. And I'm really excited to be speaking next year in January to the American Association of Orthodontists. That, that's been my dream for so long. And so first live conference, hopefully, knock on wood, in two years, I'll be able to speak in Orlando, Florida. Absolutely. Yeah, we're all like the disease that shall not be named. Come on now, baby, you know, yes, on all yes. of this. Well, and talk to you a little bit about your book that you're working on and that sh- that'll be coming out in the next year. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing it up. So I, in, in the pandemic, I did a lot of podcasts. Part of me being an international is you, you go from seeing people in person in Italy, we were one of the first places affected to overnight my world completely changing. And you know, interacting with a lot of people, I had so many interactions where people were like, you should write a book, you should write a book. And I didn't know what to write on. And then it just came to me, people kept saying, write about your story, write about the things you accomplished, write about the things that you speak. And so really, that is what my book is about. It's about my journey, where I started to where I am now, the lessons I've learned along the way, the things, advice that was shared to me that really helped me, you know, my darkest hour, the days that I wouldn't hit the snooze button, the days where I didn't want to you know, push myself that really kind of just changed that mindset, really kind of unlocked that key of that door that I needed to have someone kind of open for me. And fingers crossed, it's going to be released in February 22. I have to have it approved by the United States Navy because there is parts of the book that talk about my time on deployment and other things. No top secrets are revealed. Sorry to disappoint your audience. Can't really do that while you're active duty. But really just to kind of show, you know, you, you can't really judge a book by its cover. There's so much there to learn, so much there to unpack. And I'm, I'm just super excited to share my story with the world. Well, Dr. Devin, it's so great to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for sharing just a snippet about you and your life. If there are people who are like, hmm, I'm going to go investigate this a little bit more, or they could relate with your story, where's the best places for them to hang out with you on social? So the best places I'm on LinkedIn, you can find me as Dr. Corinne Devin. I will share these notes with Dr. Wiseman. Also, I'm on Instagram at Dr. Corinne Devin, as well as YouTube and uh, Facebook. But honestly, LinkedIn is probably, I would say the first place to best place to reach me. And I would be delighted to answer any questions I have about life in the Navy as an officer, as a dentist, orthodontist, uh, beauty queen, because I would tell you the last pageant I won, I actually won a grant to speak for a TED talk, which Again, once everything opens again, I can't wait to step into that red circle. So happy to share with some of the hobbies that you thought that maybe were just things that you could do as a little girl or a little boy. Now you can do now and really have that be that thing that elevates you to achieving your next goal. Hey. Are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. 
There is a way out and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. (laughs) But what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. Hey, super great show today. And before we end, a quick reminder about our sponsor. If you want to boost efficiency across your practice and make staff scheduling easier, try the Deputy app. You can try this smart technology for free by going to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash deputy. That's drpodcastnetwork.com backslash deputy. Thanks so much for Dr. Devin coming and talking to me on the podcast. You can find all about what she's doing and hang out with her with the links in the show notes. And I just want to remind you, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.